0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I was about to say edition, either one works, um, of Creatives Ignite. And I'm really excited to have my friend Pippa Tenko. She is from South Africa, but she lives in the UK. She's south of London, and she is a brand photographer, but she's done other kinds of photography as well. And if you're new to Creatives Ignite, um, we are just coming back. I'm super excited that Pippa gets to me my first interview back. Um, Pippa and I have gotten to know each other probably over the last year and a half. We're in a group together and we still meet every Monday morning, super early for me. It's not Monday morning for her, um, but we meet at 6 a.m. my time and I'm dressed, ready to go. Of course, I don't wear makeup, so it doesn't really matter. But I have seen Pippa grow a ton and I... I've really loved seeing that weekly kind of interaction. And she's probably seen me struggle and grow as well. And things, I think when you can struggle and grow with other people, um, it's really important. So if somebody's new here today, um, the thing with Creatives Ignite is that it is for people who are doing their business alone. We're usually solopreneurs and we own a creative business and we are trying to do lots of things. We're trying to do our marketing, uh, do better in our creative industry, if For me, it's design. For Pippa, it's photography. But there's so many things that are shared. And the more people that you talk to, like the more people that are like Pippa that I talk to, or just more designers that I talk to, I see the things where I can improve. And then I can also, they can help iron sharpens iron, right? So anyway, I'm really excited.
1: So Pippa, thank you for doing this with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be here tonight.
0: All right. Well, see, it's tonight for her and it's today for us still. Right. (laughs) And even better, you guys get to wish her a happy birthday because her birthday is tomorrow. So happy birthday to Pippa. And so anyway, and Hannah Wilson's here, too. She's here in Mobile as well. Okay, so Pippa, I want you to give people a, a little bit about your background and where your love for photography came and then when did you start it as a business
1: okay sure um so i as you said i'm a brand photographer and i capture creative agency owners or creative solopreneurs um in their best kind of being their best selves And um, I use this, I do this by creating images that really empower them to show up for their business and become the face of their brand. Um, And that really, I suppose the reason why is to really help them attract their dream clients so that they can charge higher rates, which we all want to do, right? And um, so that we can do more of the projects we love to do and work more with the clients we love working with and so that we can build that kind of life of freedom, that business and life of freedom. Um, And I guess photography has been a big part of my kind of journey from really early on. So my father was killed in a car accident when I was eight months, and that left my mum a widow with two small children. And um, which meant that we didn't grow up with an awful lot of money. But one of the things that was hugely important to her was to send us to private schools. And so God only knows how, but she found a way um, and she, she managed to send us to private schools. But for me, it was really quite difficult because I always felt like the, the poor kid on the block, you know, mm. I was embarrassed. My, my family didn't have big, nice fancy cars and huge houses and didn't go on great holidays and things. And so, um, I grew up feeling quite insecure and it wasn't for mm. my teens when I discovered photography, photography through a cousin of mine. And he used to capture these incredible portraits. Um, and I think, that through those portraits, I started to see that everybody is unique because the people that he was photographing weren't big fancy, you know, people with loads of money. They were just your average Joes on the street, you know. And I think it made me understand that it doesn't matter who you are. You, can, you are unique and you are special. And so that started to kind of resonate with me, I suppose. And, um, and I started to connect with those faces and those people. And I started to kind of understand that I was also special through that process. And that was incredibly powerful in my journey. So, so photography has been with me for a long time. A lot of my family members are photographers. And um, yeah, I just feel like it's kind of running through my veins a little bit.
0: That yeah. Way. So how old, how much older was your cousin than you?
1: He was he was about twenty years older than me. I think he got married when I was about three, if I remember. So my mum was the youngest of, of her family by quite a long by quite a long shot. So so he was a lot older. So he being a being in a single parent family, my mum spent a lot of time thinking I could just do with a break and the holidays so she'd she'd ship us off to to my cousin's farm to go and to go and work and hang out and be looked after and For her to have a bit of a break but he was a photographer and I think the first time he took me into the darkroom was when I was about 10 years old and I've never forgotten that experience of watching an image come to life on a piece of paper as it rocked through some liquid yeah which was really incredible and I think that I have that vision in my head still to this day
0: That's cool. So then did you study photography in school or did you, did you know you wanted to be a professional photographer like your cousin or how did you get to that stage of that being your business?
1: Sure. Uh, no, to be honest that they did do photography at school, but we didn't have enough money for a, a camera and you had to have an SLR. So I couldn't, I couldn't, do it as part of the the school curriculum. And so I actually went into graphic design initially, um, funnily enough, (laughs) and and that's what I studied after school. I think I was still just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I came to the UK and my cousin and his wife actually moved to the UK around the same time as me, just by coincidence. But um, I went to work for them and, he kind of encouraged me to take up photography. I think one day I was having a play with one of his cameras. And, and when he when he looked at the image, he just said, you've got such a natural gift. You should you should, you know, think about pursuing it. And he really helped me he helped me buy my first camera. And he was like, read this book, you know, go and read this, go and look at this. And so I'm actually pretty much self-taught, obviously, with a lot of guidance from him. Um And That's, I've used a few small courses, but nothing major.
0: Well, and so much of what we do is we're refining what we like and what other people are responding to and how you're able to see what's working. Um, And you're like, can I capture that? So it's a lot of just exploration and in in what you're capturing. But so much of photography, oh, my goodness, is your connection to who's behind that camera so um if i'm get, if you're taking my photo i you have to have a rapport with me to get um, me to loosen up and i've seen lots of photographers who just don't have that and you are just a natural at that so well, thank you. one of your I superpowers It's
1: one of the things i always say is even as photographers that we can't take photos of ourselves And the reason why we can't, I mean, I could put a camera up on a tripod and I could hold a trigger in my hand and I could remotely take a photo, but I'm not going to have that light in my eyes. I'm not going to have that like sparkle and that interaction that you get from being opposite somebody else who you're kind of feeding off.
0: Yeah. And there's so much to that. So you, how long ago did you start your business as doing photography?
1: So I started going. I started probably about eighteen years ago, and eighteen, nineteen years ago, two thousand and four, whatever the whatever mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. like eighteen years ago. Um, but I actually started in family and baby photography. I guess because it was where I felt comfortable. I worked with families and babies, so it kind of it just felt quite natural to go into that. I liked children. They say never work with children or animals, but for some reason I thought it was a good idea. And I and I love I love children and so it was it was a great start and I think my passion actually started just running around taking photos of landscapes and learning about light and painting with light. But when I started my business I knew I wanted to photograph people and so that started with children because You know, it's really easy to make kids laugh. You just make a bunch of farting noises and you're sorted.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. So then, okay, so then how far into babies and children and families, because you were doing that. Mm -hmm. When did you start doing, because I know you did some architecture you worked for, I mean, and talk about beautiful Oh, Hannah Wilson says, if you make farting noises with adults, it makes them laugh too. So just keep, keep, you know, doing that sound with your underarm, I guess. Um, Don't do it for real. It's not funny anymore. Um, But the, um, how far in, into that, like how many years or decades were you in that you were like, I need something? Or was it just a challenge to take the architecture, architecture photos and then? How long after that did you decide to start doing what you're doing now?
1: So I guess I started maybe four, four or five years in. Uh, people started through word of mouth, kind of saying, "Hey, would you take some photos of this project?" Or and you know, I think as creatives, we're always looking for ways to push ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I started just saying, "Yeah, why not?" You know, and 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 going and giving it a shot, and you know as time grew on and I started to learn more about it, I started to deliver better results for clients, but I never really marketed myself as a commercial photographer or a branding photographer, but I still did win projects where I was working in those industries. Although my marketing and all my focus really was on families and babies. Then, yeah, probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe five or six years ago, I decided that I, I I kind of started to feel like there was a connection to helping business owners. And I've started thinking about how I could use the skills that I had to help other business owners. And so branding photography wasn't really a thing yet. I mean, it's been around for ages, right? But it wasn't called branding photography. Um, But it was starting, it was starting to get a little bit of traction. It's something I'd heard about. I think most of the things that we get over in the UK start in the States. So maybe that's something that I'd heard um, there. And I started thinking about how I could do it and what I should do. But I think sometimes the problem is when you're in it, you're so easily drawn back to what you know. So I would think, right, I'm going to start pushing and figuring out how I'm going to do the the brand photography and how I can help business owners. But I kept just getting stuck back into, well, I know how to do babies and I know how to do families and I know how to market for it. So I just kept getting stuck back in and, and marketing for that.
0: Was there a trigger or something? So if you're getting pulled back, um, I, I know we were both in Matt Essam's group um, with Faye. And so what... Was it something in before when you decided to join a group, right? Uh, What was that trigger that made you were like, I got to do something this, like you could have just, you know, um, run that fence line all the time. I do some babies, I do some, you know, but what was it that made you say, you know what? I want to just, I want to do my business more seriously and I, or, or, that was it. And then you just decided to pivot after more learning you were doing. What was it?
1: Um, I guess, well, I, first of all, I decided I needed to put my money where my mouth is and have my own personal brand photo shoot. And I oh. think that was quite pivotal in my journey because I got to see it, how powerful it was in my own journey. Yeah. Um. So I think... I'm not used to being on the other side of the camera, you know, I'm used to being on this side of the camera. So for me, it was pushing myself outside my comfort zone. And I did that probably maybe, maybe a year or so before, before COVID hit and we went into lockdown. And um, that kind of planted a seed, I guess, because I felt I don't. When I saw the images and I saw myself as the business owner I was striving to become, that was incredibly, incredibly powerful, in like how I started showing up for my business. Mm. Right, and so, and I guess I'd had these ideas of maybe changing into this genre, but I think that kind of cemented it for me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And
1: then, then lockdown happened, and it just gave me the time and the headspace that I needed. All of a sudden I was thrown into, you can't be near babies. You can't, you know, even, (sighs) even when things started to lighten up again and and open up again, like I wasn't going to put a mum who had just gone through labor at risk by being around them or a newborn baby that was just, you know, we used to photograph them in the first 10 days. So, i had spent some time and really it was the the kind of branding work and the long-term clients i'd already worked with in that kind of construction and and um architecture work that i was doing that kept my business going throughout lockdown because you could just be in an empty building taking photos you know not near any people and so i guess lockdown just gave me the space and the time and the opportunity because all of a sudden all business were thrown thrown into having to do more online, and so suddenly there was this kind of rejuvenation on, like how important it is to be visible and how important it is to show up, and you know everything was going online from like meetings, and and so I think there was also suddenly this opportunity, and it was something that I'd been thinking about anyway, and it just gave me the time and the headspace to put all the processes and the kind of thinking and ideas behind it.
0: So then in that, because I know that there were times in that you were like, oh, it'll just be easier to do the things that I already know how to do. And this is where that pivot, right? When, yeah. and I don't think this is one of my questions, but maybe it's sort of, um, how how did you get through that barrier? And because that's a big thing, especially when you you're having to learn how to market and target new people. You're having to put yourself out there. And in lockdown was really difficult because you couldn't go do stuff. So then what um, What would you say to somebody who's like in that pivot and they're trying to like niche down, but they're like, but I'm not getting like, what would you tell them to keep like keep at it because blank?
1: I think for me, it's like I had to almost step into a new version of myself, if that makes mm. sense and i had to like i'm a firm believer is it's all or nothing like you just throw yourself into it and you you know it's like if you move country or if you move i don't know for me it was move country was a big one right because you move country and you've got to make it work especially if you've got family or you've got kids and things like that like you put yourself in you go all in you move all your stuff over you Mm. you you do it and you do it wholeheartedly and If you do it wholeheartedly you've got a much more um uh, or higher success rate if that makes sense um i think if you just i think it's just pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and and trusting that you have everything you need Mm. inside of you to to do that and you know there were things that were difficult was i had to start saying no to the family and baby clients and you know did i get it right straight away no i didn't I, i initially i just took repeat business i didn't take any new business but if i had a sibling you know a new baby was born and was a sibling i would say yes to those shoots but now i'm at that point where i'm just like it's a clean break and i'm I'm not doing anything. So, is that on? Yeah,
0: that does. I think we have to overlap. I think sometimes when we go cold turkey on this new thing, we, because maybe we don't have that full commitment or we just don't have enough, like we haven't talked about it enough, or we don't know how to explain what we do in a succinct way, um, that maybe. I do think we have to have some of that overlap so that we still are like, I'm still good at this. I'm still good at this. I'm still good at this. Right. I can, I can always fall back and be a baby photographer if I need to. Right. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think you do need that fall back for your own kind of, I don't know. I don't know. uh, Just to keep yourself confident and understand that you're going to keep sustaining yourself because at the end of the day, we, we're, got to make an income, you know, we've got to this is the money we live off. But I do think that learning to say no and throwing yourself into something new um, is not without challenge. And so you have sometimes giving yourself permission to still do a little of the other stuff, but really focus all your efforts with the working on the business towards where you're trying to get to if that makes yeah
0: sense. yeah totally does was so was there anything that you had to give up so that you could focus in so that you had to stop saying yes to everybody you had to give up that like pleasing everybody but was there anything else that maybe we wouldn't think of that you had to give up to really put a little bit more time and effort into into this part um I mean, you had a lot more time learning. You you gave up yeah. time.
1: Yeah, so I guess time would be the big thing. I guess I was always very good at having that kind of work-life balance. And so I guess the scary thing when you're suddenly throwing yourself into something new is that you think, oh, my God, I'm going to have to work so much harder and yeah. I'm gonna have to spend so much more time. But actually, if you manage your time, you can actually be really efficient and still make sure you've got that work life balance. So I guess it was just, I'm not sure if there was anything I had to give up, but um, I had to give up saying yes to everything well, as you said, and, and, and just that, not trusting that I had the ability to make it work.
0: Well, and I also love, I wrote, I wrote this down as uh, the answer kind of to this question. And maybe the one before was um, you had to commit to it, that it was the new version of yourself. I think seeing those photos of you being that, photographer that you wanted to be um and then just the power of a photograph right that was something you could point to and be like this is what I am doing and then I want to know what all in means like when it got hard what does some people do that you didn't do
1: like Uh, when it got hard what did some people do that I didn't do um Like there was never,
0: it was never option for you to go back to South Africa. You were like, no, I'm going to make it work here in the UK. So you just had that mindset and maybe having done that so many years, just from the way you were brought up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I've always been quite like, that that's part of my personality really I talk a lot about um with my clients actually talk a lot about our history and how that kind of shapes who we are today and I've been a all or nothing kind of person we used to do a lot of like um we call it cliffing in South Africa but basically it's just jumping off rocks into water It's the higher the better kind of thing and so I was probably the only girl that used to do it all the other girls were sun tanning on the rocks at the bottom <laughs> but, i would have um, been
0: with you i would yeah, have been yeah. jumping up yeah before.
1: i mean come on but um i would often get up to the top and maybe someone's been up there for a little while and they, they're kind of hesitating and they're thinking should i jump and i'd literally go up there and say right where we're we jumping from okay and do it because i know if i if i didn't just do it if i didn't take action I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. You know, I would start to doubt myself. I would start to overthink it.
0: Yeah. That's really powerful to know. Right. And that's a, same way with a client when you're trying to get them to warm up, you just have to try. And I think you've explained to me how you're talking to a client and they're like, I don't know. And you're like, I've got to warm them up. I've got to get them to a place where they're stopping thinking and overthinking. overthinking. Does this smile look normal? You know, and you're like, Oh no, it does not. We're going to keep you talking until you get your smile normal.
1: Exactly. And you know, every every client slightly different and I have different ways that I do that, but often the best ways is just acting like a complete idiot most of the time.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we can do like it Anna said.
1: Can fun. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Exactly,
0: cuz nobody really wants to one of the things that as I've looked at your portfolio many times, um you just really capture people. You capture people in in actions, but also feeling they look like they're just happy and enjoying life. And that's the kind of, I mean, I think we could probably have a whole episode of just like what you not, you should not do for your brand photo shoot, right? Like you shouldn't be, I mean, there's lots of things you'd have webinars, which will make sure everybody knows how to get on your list so that they can follow you and stuff. But all right. So how do you get your ideas? So say a client comes to you um, and they, do you think most of the time they have something or they don't have an idea?
1: You know, some clients will come to me with a really clear idea and some clients will come to me with absolutely no idea. So it really varies from client to client. But I guess for me, the first kind of step and the most important part is getting to kind of understand and know that client really well and what makes them tick and what, you know, who they are and kind of understand their history and where they've come from and where they're trying to get to and then also who they're trying to work with.
0: So, do you do that before or during your first meeting, or?
1: So no, so that would p- kind of probably come into the first part of my process. Obviously, I have a a chat with people before they decide to book with me. Before I kind of we figure out if we we're a good fit, if they're a good fit for me, and if I if I think I can help them, and um, so I kind of. The way that I would do that, I suppose, is to I would kind of look through what their current what their current visuals are like, and kind of see how what kind of feeling and ideas I get from what they're currently putting out there. And that I would do before I've before I've had a chat to them at all. They've just maybe booked a call with me, and so I kind of have a general idea of what I think is going on. Sometimes I'll jump on the call and. and they'll be in the middle of a rebrand or something will be completely different. And so that's when they'll talk me through that.
0: Okay, cool. So then what about, and I think you have a deck for me. And so this is my question. So how do you get ideas? Where do you go to get ideas? And then after you've had that initial meeting, how did I use the word ideate? I think maybe I don't think I made up that word, but anyway, so like get ideas, oh, brainstorm. It is actually,
1: it's the real word. I oh. did, real, I looked this up after you used. It. <laughs> I was like, maybe
0: I'm just stupid and I'm making oh, up a it's, word.
1: It's the real word, but I think sometimes you in America you use slightly different words than what we use in the UK but I did google it after we spoke and it is actually a word I asked my husband who usually knows every word there is to know and he was like I don't think that's a word and then I googled it
0: (laughs) well so I want to know how you get ideas and if you want to share your screen that'd be great because um do you think your research looks similar from client to client or is it really different like because that's, I think, one of your strengths as a brand photographer. You're able to find something that's going to work for this brand. Everything isn't just the exact same. I always think about photographers who are doing like um, like uh, kids who are in their last year of school, which I think it, maybe it's grade 13 for y'all. For us, it's grade 12, um, their senior year. And they're all like at the railroad tracks or they have this like picture, you know, like a, a wall behind them that's a lot of tagging or stuff and so it's like everybody kind of looks the same but you're it's really important as a brand photographer that you capture the essence of of the brand and that
1: is harder right yes exactly I think kind of the first step is to look at the competitors and kind of see where they're at and I think that's probably what I do first to see what they're kind of doing so that we can make sure we, we're differentiating ourselves and we're not looking the same as all our competitors. And we get, often get into that horrible comparison game. And so it's just making sure that we are actually quite different. So I find researching their competitors would probably be the first step. And the second step is, as I said, really getting to know them because I think I kind of my ethos is we are all unique. And so if we can bring some of who we are into our brands, it's gonna resonate more with people that have similar values, for example, or personality traits or um, beliefs as we do. So I start very much from the client and kind of getting to know them and getting to know their history and their story and understanding what those beliefs are and what those values are, and then, that kind of starts painting a picture I'm quite a visual person so it kind of starts painting a picture in my head but then sometimes it's difficult to show that to a client so what we would do is collaborate on a vision board and I'll I'll just share my screen with you now So this is a vision board that I did recently with the client. So usually I ask them to make a vision board where we add just to add 15 to 20 images and then we collaborate on it and I'll add some images and they'll add some images and we'll start kind of getting a feel for the brand, if that makes sense. And then when we come to the shoot, Obviously this also lends itself to like understanding more about the brand so we can think about what we're gonna include in the shoot. Obviously we're gonna include them, but sometimes we're not just telling that story, we're thinking about who we're trying to attract and how we can use imagery to do that. So sometimes you know, that location plays a part in this hugely, not only in like Telling the story of our brand, but also attracting those those people and making sure that it's in line with who you're trying to attract. So once we've kind of worked out where we're going to where we're going to shoot and what we're going to do, we'll do the shoot, and then we'll think about kind of the styling for the brand. Um, I'm just going to try and find where I've got to click next. So for this um, for this shoot, we wanted to be out in nature. We wanted it to be really natural and authentic she has roots Indian roots so we wanted that to come across and then we went looking for a location that would really speak to that and included in that was some outdoor kind of images but then using that vision board I suppose I kind of get an idea in my head and I'm a visual person so I visualize a lot Uh, and so then I would go and I would think about how are we trying to to differentiate ourselves and make our brand stand out. And that's by maybe adding a certain look and feel to our images. So this is kind of the look and feel that we've gone for. It's a lot, it's got a bit of grain. It's got a little bit of an overlay. The colors are not too vivid and it works really well with her story.
0: Well, and knowing lighting, right? The power of lighting, how the light is hitting those uh, leaves, but it's also how it's hitting her. I don't know where you found this place in, England, but like, are you just always on the lookout for places? Is this place near you?
1: Yes, this is this is not that far from me. I my whole like. I think one of your questions later on is how do i how do i brainstorm and how do i get my ideas and how do i get my inspiration and actually it's it's from visiting places it's from going to see places i'm always on the lookout for locations i always have kind of a little bag of tricks of locations that i think would work with creative clients because most of the clients i work with are creatives and um, but sometimes I'll get a client that maybe doesn't, you know, I don't have a location that fits and then I'll have to go and do research and I'll go and visit locations and I'll look for something specific to them. But I do kind of spend a lot of my time enjoying going to different places. And so that's, that's
0: but that's also like, that's something that if you're not doing that, then you're not able to service your clients, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I guess, I mean, you guys have taxes too. So that's like a tax write-off when you're going to different parts uh, that are near, right? You If you go to Leeds, you might be having a, which is pretty far, but I know you've been. Um, so it's like you could uh, scout out places up there if you needed to, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So- I mean, I hadn't thought about it as a tax write-off, but uh, even in my spare time, you know, when we're going out looking for somewhere to go walking or somewhere just to, Mm. you know, spend with the kids, sometimes I just come across places in that kind of space. I try and not go to the same places over and over again. It just gets boring. And I suppose going to new places always helps with ideas. That's cool. Okay,
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going.
1: So, so anyway, so we, so we created this kind of look and feel, and then I apply it kind of to, to all the images that we've taken for the brand. And then I would go back to the client after I've come up with this kind of look and feel and, and see if it feels in line with where they are.
0: So I have a question in this, this wasn't on the sheet, but um, if you have, so, cause she's in multiple places, she's in multiple outfits, so is this over a brand photo shoot? Is this over a period of days? I know you have packages, which I think is brilliant. And we all should do this. Um, but you have packages that are like, well, you can have four brand photo shoots this year. And I hate, I hate that I just have this photo of me in a sweater because it really doesn't work all the time. I need one with a sweater. I also need one. What happens when my hair changes? You know, I need some which I think is so brilliant that you do this, like they're signing a year package or that's one option that people can do. And I just, because it's not like you're doing all these at one time, right?
1: Well, actually, you're right. I don't always do them all at one time. And I do do have packages where we work over the period of the year. I find that that works really well with showing seasonal changes mm-hmm. and showing, keeping current because as businesses and brands and business owners we're constantly evolving and changing and i think showing things that are current are incredibly important you know we might also go gray or you know it's important to look like you are current yes yes but but this shoot is actually all done on one day wow so we found a location if you can see that image in the in the middle mm-hmm. where she's on a kind of a wooden deck so this was this was what drew me to that location in the first instance and it had it came it had a coffee shop it had like a yoga room that we could use it had a restaurant upstairs and it was all very earthy and natural and that lended itself really well to her brand but it also had an area where you could go walking um, outside and so I would I went before the shoot I've been to, to this place before but I went before the shoot and had a look around and checked out the forest and looked at where I could find you know where the best light was what time of day that would be the best light things like that so actually all of these images were taken on the same day
0: so like is this an eight hour
1: thing a six hour thing because so this was probably a four hour thing oh. so we would plan all the outfits ahead of schedule, we'd choose the locations and then we would map out the shoot so that we were on schedule. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it ever runs on schedule, but generally I would I would cut it up into three parts and would say, right on oh, the first part will be at this area um, on location and we'll be shooting these kinds of images and these will maybe um, cover these topics in your social media because we work a lot towards creating images that um cover your content in in the brand shoots that we do and then we would say right in this section we're going to go to the yoga room for example and we're going to use these two outfits and we kind of map out the shoot if that makes sense and what yeah. outfits we're going to wear and what kinds of images we, we're hoping to achieve
0: well, like the one where she's doing something with her hands. I don't know if she's making something or not. And then there's another image that's like candles and a book and a leaf. Did you have to bring stuff like that with you for?
1: Yes, exactly. So we bring um, the candles and leaf images that actually is just an, another image that I happen to have that I've put in there as kind of a placeholder because we're doing the second part of her shoot actually tomorrow oh. um, where we'll be doing all those kind of filler images but it's just to give that kind of feel to for this purpose and um we would we would plan all of that like what props we're going to bring what kinds of images we're going to go for and then often my clients will be shopping they'll go oh I found this looks really cool and they'll send me a photo or I I also keep a bunch of stuff that I've got that I use not for every brand but I just happen to have bits and pieces that I pick up because leaves that I think are pretty or candles I've collected or I've got old books that I really love that were my grandmothers and things like that that we can incorporate if it fits the brand and if if it's right and sometimes we, we have to go out and source things.
0: So then sometimes would like an image like that one with the books, is that something that you might take on your own um, without her? And it's just some of those filler images because we all need some of those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And these are very good at telling like the story of a brand or giving the feel. She's actually a, a, a jeweler and she makes uh, crystal jewelry that and does um, some crystal healing. So that's kind of, what the next two shoots are going to be some are going to be some filler Mm -hmm. images that tell the story and give that kind of feel for the brand and then we're going to also have her product shots where it's the actual jewelry and how we showcase those and what images we show and you know how we can tell the story that continue her story so continue that thread through all the images from her personal brand images to her kind of storytelling filler images and then to through into her product images as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then, um, do you, I know you have yeah, others because so I've seen
1: but, the Yeah. So I am, um, I thought I'd just show, you know, how different brands can be and that they don't, you don't, it's not just one style. I think some photographers only shoot in one style. And I think it's great to look for a photographer that would suit your style or what you're looking for. But as a photographer, I actually bend and mold my style so that it fits the brand. I've obviously still got my own style, but I feel like it depends on the brand and what they're trying to achieve as to how I'm going to shoot for them. So I thought I'd just share a couple of the other things I worked with.
0: Well, and that's maybe that your design background where you're really serving the client instead of it being you, you're actually really... And as we are trying to find photographers, and we're, if we're in the UK, clearly we're using you. But if we're not, then um, having somebody who's going to try to uh, tell our story in our way, because these are definitely very different.
1: Yeah. So it's about capturing that kind of look and feel in a way that's really in line with the brand um, and how they want to be shown if that makes sense so hannah has a question
0: real quick that i think is a really good one she went over to the uk some she was in your neck of the woods this summer and she said what's your backup plan on a shoot like that where the weather could be really mess things up if it's not a certain way
1: so i will not shoot if the weather is terrible and the way that I get around this is that I actually work with a really small amount of clients every month so that I can build in that flexibility to work around the weather. Now, we will if it is a brand that requires a sunshiny day, then I'm constantly watching the weather. And I think I only confirm the shoot the night before, depending on the weather. Like leading up to the shoot i'm always watching the weather and then i i might message the client a few days before and say look the weather's looking a little bit sketchy but it may change so just to make you aware and then as we get closer we might switch things around for example we might for her for example we would have switched around and maybe done the products that right day. you know so it's just about building in that flexibility and Obviously when you're booking venues, making sure that they're happy for you to build in that flexibility. Yeah, the weather being terrible. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, this that was great. Perfect. So yeah, this was an interior designer and she had a much fresher kind of look. So we went for a lot of kind of cleaner images, light and bright and airy. Mm-hmm. Um then I've worked with a with a brand i guess web developer and brand um designer and his is you know way more different lots of color lots of fun so i think it just shows how you can choose your style to suit your brand if that makes sense yeah and lastly this is another jewelry brand that i've worked with where we've incorporated kind of her story into the whole brand so she's a um she's a jeweler and she imports jewelry from all over the world but her story is very much one of travel meets fine art jewelry and so we wanted to pull in that element of travel and link it through thread it through all her images so we've given everything quite a boho kind of travel warm travel destination vibe and um, we've built in some kind of shadows and sunshine to show those that are beautiful her, her product images as well so it just You know trying to find that thread and that story and thread it through all your images some of the um that one where she's on the beach i know diane you've seen the the behind the scenes image of that one it was actually quite a chilly day with loads of people around but we managed to capture this and we've included a little bit of some travel magazines to just keep that kind of thread running through the brand
0: yeah, I love that. That is, you can go back through her Instagram and see that and see the in process, which I really love that Pippa includes that because it does, it looks like it's just this beautiful warm day. The lady had a, like a big sweater on and then Pippa would pull it off and she would have, take some photos and there were tons. And the other, M, the other process photos show all these other people that Pippa was going around, but you did amazing. And the um, the ones with the jewelry uh, in the top middle and the middle left and then the one right next to her on the right, that uh, background, the what they're laying on, did you pick that out as like a stone or a tile or something? Or is that something that she had in her? So that was
1: a tile. So often I will make recommendations. So I'll say, think about how you want your, you know, what you want your images to your jewelry pieces to be on, for example. And i say, look at things like different types of fabric, different tiles, uh, pieces of stone, pieces Mm -hmm. of wood. And I think it's just thinking about what's going to be in keeping with the kind of brand and the aesthetic you're going for so she actually had this tile she sourced this tile and we loved the grain of it we actually shot on three or four different tiles before we chose the one that we were going to use but I think we were kind of trying to go for the right colors to fit in with her brand colors and then get some kind of texture. And also thinking about, like, these are probably the kind of tiles you'd have in a warm destination. Yes. You know? So it's pulling that into into the, the images as well.
0: I remember going to her site and being like, I love this. Um- This jewelry, but I don't think she had like a the shipping to the U.S. And I'm like, man, these things are awesome. I mean, the jewelry is awesome, but it's that the photography made me want to go and investigate this. I don't know if I ever told you that, but I was like, I was this close to buying like three pairs of earrings, and maybe I will. But so, what do you do um, if you have a client who? has their own ideas, and they're maybe not the best ideas. Like I know um my friend Hannah, I have a really bright red shirt, which I really like this red shirt, not this one, but this is also about the It's really hard to photograph something like this and the and it's cold where I am right now in this room. so I people never see what color my shirt is. so but that isn't always the best for. If you're on stage, or if you're in um getting photographed, because it can wash me out, who's super super pale, um, how how do you, um, maybe if they have an aspirational image, but they're not there yet, how do you direct them? Because a lot of this, what you're talking about, sounds like brand strategy. You're running brand strategy with them before they do the photo shoot.
1: Yeah. I think part of being an expert in your industry and in your field is being able to have those difficult conversations, right? And being able to to say, "Look, I don't agree with you." And clients can take that or leave that. Obviously, we're going to say it in the in the best possible way. Um, but but I think it's important because they've hired you because you are an expert of what you do, and so. I can only deliver my best work if I'm true to my beliefs and kind of what I see for their brand. And I've never have had a client say no, I still want to do it my way. So I think I think a lot of my process now kind of irons that out because they get really on board because I use them and their unique personality and their own beliefs and their own values to kind of style their brand or get, you know, we ideate together. It's very collaborative. So I do think I have had one jewelry client actually, who had a completely different idea. And I think a lot of it comes from that. We see maybe another brand in our industry and we think, oh, they've got it right. So let's copy them. And I Mm -hmm. see this a lot with kind of solopreneurs who maybe are working on their own and they don't have that confidence to just trust themselves. Yeah. So sometimes it's, oh, I just want to copy, I don't know, Tiffany jewelry for example, but that is not in line with their story and it's not in keeping and it's not going to differentiate themselves because everybody wants to look like Tiffany because Tiffany does incredible jewelry, right? So it's just about having that conversation, having the confidence to have that conversation.
0: Yeah. And
1: and let them know your thoughts and, and why you're making the decisions you think are right for their brand. And most of the time, if not all the time, they'll they'll get on board with
0: that. Well, and I think you're having enough of their background and you've looked at their competition. You see where they are. And then you, um, you're not just saying, I think you're saying this is why that's that's not a good. Yeah. You're telling a reason. You're not just an opinion. I'm not
1: like, Oh no, that looks terrible. I don't like it. You know, it's not, (laughs) it's not like that at all. It's, it's stemmed in the research that we've done and, and the understanding behind the branding. And so there's a reason for it. I'm not just going, hey, this is my opinion, you know. And also my experience as a photographer, you know, a huge amount, if not everything, in fact, everything with photography is about light. You can have the best background, but if the light is terrible, you're never gonna get a great image. So, you know, it's just showing that you know, you know what you're talking about and, and giving those reasons. and, and showing that you understand.
0: And I think sometimes just holding space for them to be able to process what you're directing them. And you may say, well, let's um, let's stop here for today and then let's come back, um, just revisit the mood board or revisit the brainstorm that we've done. And then let's see where you are next week when we meet again. Cause I know that you do, you're meeting with them. You're doing a lot of prep because you're doing the, the strategy
1: with them. Um, And sometimes I'll just show them, right? I'll show them a mood board of like what they're trying to achieve and then a mood board of what I think might work better and then maybe why it differentiates them in the market, for example. So sometimes it's just something I need to visually show them for them to to get on board with.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love that you're able to do the packaging. You're able to do the lifestyle shots as well. I think that there was a story um, about somebody who they were pivoting and they were maybe in a home office and it was just really not, can you tell that story? It just really yeah, didn't. Yeah.
1: Sure. So yeah, I worked with the client and who they were trying to attract is actually a really high end client. They want someone that's really, you know, it was for, they were a web designing company. They want someone that's like up to date with technology. They maybe are not their clients themselves are not hugely up to date. They may be in their fifties, they don't know a lot about social media or new technology, and but they're looking for someone who does, who does know a lot about that. So making sure that then though that's represented in your imagery is hugely important. So they had quite a cluttered home office with lots of stuff everywhere. It didn't give that kind of modern technology, we know our stuff feels. So having that conversation and saying, look, this is not the right location for the shoot Mm. and let's look at some other options that are more in line with who you're trying to attract and these are the reasons why so yeah okay that and we we chose a lovely location and the shoot went swimmingly and we we still kept enough of them in the location by by bringing the props that were you know special to them or told a bit of their story mm-hmm. um, into the location and making it theirs but having it told the right story
0: so i'm kind of skipping around do you Did they give you suggestions or about locations and then you scope them out? Or do you usually come with suggestions first?
1: I usually come with suggestions based on what I've understood by the brand. So recently I had a shoot with, for a publisher and a lot of the images in his mood board had books and a library or, you know, Mm. and so trying to find the library or books that you a, a library you can shoot in, because a lot of them in the UK, they don't want, you know, they want quiet, it's where people go to kind of read their books, and be quiet, so, you know, having a photo shoot where we're trying to laugh and, you know, have a great energy is not going to work. So so then I had to go away and do some research on where could we find a library, um, and sometimes that's just me posting on social media, hey, does anyone know a venue that has a library? so. That's what I did for this one, and we found some stately homes that usually hire out for weddings on the weekends and kind of latter end of the week, and we booked a shoot there on the Monday when they don't have any weddings and the rooms not being used. And actually it was a great result because we had the library, but then we also had the rest of the house, which was very much in keeping with who he was. For the brand so but i had to i went and visited three different locations to choose which one had the library that fit the brand and mm. what's the right look and feel
0: i love that okay so then is there a challenge that you think that you see or hear a lot from entrepreneurs uh creative entrepreneurs i think you work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs as well um but that's who we are here so um that would help them get a jump start on creating a style and not maybe getting frustrated in that those early stages so like why is it first why is it important that we have brand photography of our faces and not just our work online answer that okay. one first sorry
1: sure no problem so the reason why it's important to have your face is because people buy from people they don't buy from logos hmm. They buy from people and they buy from people that they know and that they like and that they trust. So using photos of yourself to tell your story and share what you believe in and what you value is going to help people resonate. And I think it's just, impo- just as important to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, to repel the people mm. that you don't want to work mm. with as it is to attract the people that you do want to work with. So I think by showing who you are, and you know what it's like, you see a picture of someone, we're all nosy people, A, we wanna see it, but you'll decide instantly whether you, th- whether you like them or not. So it's giving, having that opportunity of, of connecting with someone is much easier with a photo of yourself than it is with any other photo i mean you could have a photo of your piece of jewelry for example but that's not gonna they might think oh nice piece of jewelry but you know for having a photo of you people are oh i wonder what she's all about i wonder what she's mm-hmm. you know and or if you if you can tell a little bit more through that story oh i see she's reading that book that i've scene or whatever it might be finding something that makes them connect or it could be the location I've just signed a new client today and she we're going to shoot in this very retro kind of um cake shop and so that's going to be it's super colorful it's going to be super funky and I think that will just make people want to click through and find out more so it's finding ways to make people pay attention I guess but yeah Showing your face is hugely important because it's building that know like and trust, and getting people to know you and understand who you are.
0: Absolutely, and it's hard for everybody. So that's where that rapport comes in. But if somebody's sat down with you, like Pippa does, and ask you about your company, and ask you about where your vision is, and who you want to align with, and who your you know who your customers buy from, um, that helps her to get an idea of. Painting that better picture. And I think that so many. people
1: think pe- it also helps you get, mm-hmm. you feel more comfortable with that photographer. Cause, and that's m- probably the reason why I started building more into like spending time with clients before we actually get to the shoot. Because I could turn up on the day and take some photos, but I don't know what makes them tick. I don't know what makes them laugh. I don't know, you know, they're not relaxed. They've never met me before. So that's a huge part of becoming friends almost Mm -hmm. before we before we even take a photo um and i think that's what i'm trying to get people to do through the photography is to just make friends with people to get people to understand who they are and share who you know their personality and things but and that's just to kind of build that personal brand and make friends with people and get people to know you
0: yeah absolutely okay so then is there a challenge that you hear from entrepreneurs when you're first meeting with them that they're like, mm, you know, maybe, and I realize I shouldn't have asked the question this way, so I'm going to um, change Go it on. a bit. So is there something that they're either, they're not confident or they don't like the way their body, look? can you just take me from the hips up or, you know, do they have something that you hear regularly?
1: I suppose the biggest thing is like, who would want to see photos of me? It's <sighs> probably the the one I hear the most, like, uh, let's face it nobody thinks of it well, very few people love having their photo taken. oh what I'm going to do today is I'm going to book a photographer and I'm going to go and have some photos of myself you know because we're all our worst enemies we all judge ourselves we're all like oh I don't like my nose or my ears you know like for me I hate having my hair tucked behind my ear on my photo shoots I always tell the photographer please if I tuck my hair behind my ear you know make me move a sort of thing but you know some people it's their teeth or so they don't want to smile but i think nobody else sees us the way that we see ourselves mm. no one judges us the way we judge ourselves mm-hmm. so it's just you know Practice makes perfect, really. As I said, like I used to hate having my photo taken. I remember that first shoot, I was hugely nervous, didn't want to be on the other side of the camera. Now I'm like, bring it on, you know, four times a year. Let's go. It's a day out the office. I get to dress up. I get to hang out with a friend and do silly things and actually have a lot of fun and grow my business in the process. So I guess that's, you know, that's the biggest challenge that people think, oh, who, who would want to see me? Mm. And also like if I'm just constantly sharing photos of myself online, everybody's going to think, I think, you know, too much of myself, but actually people don't think about us the way that we think about ourselves. They don't, don't judge us as harshly as we judge ourselves. That's
0: right. That's right. That absolutely. Okay. So last question is what is one thing that you've learned this last year? That's been the most impactful either in your life or business or both.
1: So uh, it took me a little while, and I had to put some thought into this because I feel like I've just learned so much over the the last year. But I think the thing that's had the biggest impact is that kind of be, do, have, Mm -hmm. thinking about like being the person you're striving to become today. So if you want to be a seven-figure, six-figure, whatever it might be, business owner, start acting like one today. Start being that person today and living that life today. So that's kind of the B and then the do is do what you need to do to make that happen. And just think about that one next step that you could take, that mm. one thing that you could do that's gonna get you closer to achieving that goal. And don't worry about you know, the hordes of stuff that we, we think we need to do. Just take one action every day, that's gonna get you closer. And then finally, the have is like dream big and manifest those things into mm. your life, create vision boards, get excited about your life and business, and then start living that life today.
0: Mm. That's a good way to end. Well, <laughs> so I always like to make sure that everybody knows, and I'm going to read it um, uh so that people know if they're listening, you can um, always go to the this episode, um, Pippa P I P P A Tanko T A N K O. It's an easy way to search on my website for this. But if you're on YouTube or on SoundCloud or wherever you get your um podcast, it's underneath. Um, so all these links they'll be at the top of this. But Pippa's uh, website is pippa tanka tanko branding.com and then Instagram pippa tank. Go Branding, all one word. And then you can also check her out on LinkedIn. She's on LinkedIn a lot. She's told me that was the first place she goes every day when she starts her her social media part. So she starts on LinkedIn because she is for brands. So I hope this has been helpful to y'all. It's helpful to me to see how somebody else from another vertical as photography, she's still within our industry as a creative entrepreneur, but one, how she's tackled her business and how she's pivoted through it and just stuck with it. So I'm going to keep that, commit to it, commit to the new version of myself. And what does all in mean to me, Diane? What does all in mean to Jen Close? What does all in mean to John Ingalls and Dee Ingalls? All in, it you know, you have to determine what that means. And I love this at the very end, I wrote this too, like the be the do and the have. And I think you have to start with that uh, big dream. And then again, just like she said earlier, just commit to it. And then even when it gets hard, so there has to be people in your life that are going to walk with you and encourage you and support you but then you're also going to have to have those hard conversations with yourself. You can't please everybody. So the thing you had to give up was pleasing everybody, you're saying yes. And that but that's made a huge difference because you have pushed through and you you are making this what you are and you're doing great. I mean, you're booking people all the time. It's not always easy. You know, it's not like you just one day you were yesterday you did babies and today you're doing you know it takes time and you have to be seen as that so I think that anyway I thought I this was great Pippa and happy 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 early birthday it's just a few hours for you now so I just uh, appreciate you doing a day before your birthday
1: oh no thank you it's been so much fun to be here and to chat to everyone thank you for all the lovely comments I've had a had a look at a couple of them
0: Well, so next week we, um, I believe Von Glitschke is on. And if you don't know who he is, he is an illustrator and he's done tons of amazing logos, but he also does, um, he's just a great teacher. He's on LinkedIn Learning and um, he's funny and he has a great way of um, illustrating and getting new ideas. So I hope you guys will, uh, I'm going to talk to him about burnout because I think, Pippa, me and you have definitely talked about burnout. We didn't talk about it today, but I know that we've both felt a little we've definitely been in the burnout stage. And I think as any creative entrepreneur, when you're wearing all the hats in your business, again, you should probably come back on and tell us how you do your family balance and time. And you do a, you could probably teach us something on that one for sure. But Pippa, thank you so much for being here today. And just to rip just in case somebody missed it, it is Pippa Tanko branding. Dot .com and that's on Instagram, her website and then Pippa Tenko brand photographer on LinkedIn. So Pippa, thank you so much and thank you guys for coming and hopefully I'll see y'all all next week.